impression of Catherine doing the intro. That's what you sound like. That's one of your better impressions. Wow. One of the better ones? We gotta get a we gotta get a mic for Sandy. How can we yeah, get a mic? Yeah, I don't know where there's a good mic. He talks pretty loud. I think if he talked, hey, we'd stop. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, welcome to family with Ted. Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen. Bob Sansevier. I'll co-host Catherine Brandt. Cassie Schrader. And Mike Bryant. You talk about a house full, man. Seven yeah. people. Woo! Wow. We'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, the miracle work. I paid for this microphone. Oh, no. <laughs> there we go. Good money. Um, coming off of victory in the Court of Appeals today. So we do all sorts of things at Bradshaw and Bryant. Well, what did you do wrong? I didn't do it. It wasn't a personal. It was oh, a case I was that I, I thought it was handled yours. that we won the Court of Appeals. And we're going back to court on that one. So things are going good. But at Bradshaw and Bryant, we do personal injury, which is when you've been injured through no fault of your own and there's a claim we also do criminal defense and we do appellate work which is what we won today so things I, are good at bradshaw and bryant i don't want to mention but he and i went to lunch this week and we're in a restaurant i won't even say where the wet restaurant was okay oh michael bryant <laughs> he actually started bradshaw singing the jingle bryant. he was like, singing uh, the jingle <laughs> yeah i wanted to hang myself yeah he oh. pointed out where he heard it from too <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm in there promoting this guy's joint, and he says, yeah, I listen to you all the time on K-Fan over there, Michael. I'm here to promote your business and you piss all over me. Okay, that's really, you're a genius. Mm-hmm. Anyway, A-Hole and Briar. What's the name of the all Ah, uh, Bradshaw and Bryant. <laughs> Walzer.com. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's good. You're telling everybody in the world that because your mic's on. That's I love sad. how our uh, everybody in the world is listening yeah. to everybody us. in the world. We have every, we've now expanded to everybody in the world. Thirty million. Hello, everyone in the world. It's only thirty million. I was wrong. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show. Thirty million people listen Guten to us. Guten Tag, V Gates. Everybody's all excited because the uh, management gave us some uh, candy in a bucket. So I take it they haven't met you yet? (laughs) You know why they did? Because we got a 3% increase in our rent. Uh, So you get candy. That's what candy goes for. It's just a stray peanut M&M. Well, they had to raise the rent because they found out that, you know, you're here. Right, they found out that you're letting colored folk in. (laughs) Colored folk. Colored folk are coming in. Look, we got Italians and colored folk. I hope you recorded that when he said colored folk. That's the greatest thing of all time. I hope our guest is not listening to this. Honest to God. I gotta run some. Are we back? Yes, and the guest is on. Well, the guest is on. Okay, well, I, well, I want to make sure. The way we've been acting. I want to make sure that we're <laughs> candy. <laughs> candy and racism. Yeah, well, yeah, way to go. Great way to start the show. Yeah, way to go. Great, great job. Oh, it's Barry Livingston. I love Barry Livingston. How you doing, Barry? Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm just listening to the, the chaos there. <laughs> by, by the way, Barry, I want to point out the man who said that is is indeed an African American. So don't get. No, don't cancel the show. <laughs> don't cancel the show. He did it to himself. Uh, right. <laughs> no, notorious Nick is the story of Nick Newell, a young man who was born with one arm and a big dream based on the true story of Nick Newell and how he overcame his disability and a world of naysayers to win an MMA championship. That is a great story anyway, Barry. How would you get involved with this? 
you know, these things sometimes just come um, just out of the blue. I, I think it was um, I was just contacted by uh, the producers. Uh, I, I had no idea that, you know, I had no idea about Nick Newell, frankly. I, I was not a huge fan of, I mean, I've watched MMA, but I, I did. I wouldn't know anybody right, you know, right. by name. So anyway, you know, the, the second you hear a story that's as compelling as a guy with one arm who's in the mixed martial arts world and, and became a champion, you go, well, what's, how, how, what happened there? That, that's pretty darn amazing. So... Uh, yeah, it was just one of those fortuitous phone calls that comes, and uh, you know, I, I I wish I could get more of those because this was truly a, a really exceptional project, and, and it's a really good little film. I could see that happen. I got to <clears throat> I got to tell you something though. Uh, I love this. I don't, I have to get your agent because you have a really good agent, uh, and I'll show you an example of what I'm talking about. You ready, Barry? Please, because I'm interested about my really good agent. Go for it. I'm going to sign up with your agent right after this show. Here we go. Also starring iconic veteran actor Barry Livingston. You know you're iconic. To me, you're iconic, but apparently you're iconic to the whole world, Barry. That's stunning to hear that, but yeah. (laughs) To some people, I suppose. Kind of frightening, but go ahead. Kind of frightening, but go ahead. I, you have a great life story. You really do. I, how, I, did you, you, you began acting in the womb, didn't you? You know, uh, well, I mean, probably yes. The answer would be yes. My mother was a, a uh, she was on stage as a very young woman. Right. Uh, she was actually a, a, a it's just, you know, it's burlesque, which was striptease back in the day. Mm. Uh, Gypsy Rose Lee, uh, that name to your audiences. Sure. I don't know if that sure. means anything. But she was, you know, what they call it, a fan dancer. But it was pretty scandalous, you know. I mean, probably uh, maybe akin to being a pole dancer today. Uh, but nonetheless, she was a performer, <laughs> and I was somehow, you know, I was part of the, I was part of the act, I guess, back in the day. <laughs> I could see I don't think she danced pregnant, uh, but nonetheless, there was a little bit of a performer in in my mother and. You know, and my dad owned the theaters. He owned the, the couple of theaters in Baltimore. So, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of early early Livingston theatrical history before I actually burst onto the scene. Um, yeah, that was 55, 53, I can't even remember. Something like that. Something like that. You have, by the way, for, for this uh, Notorious Nick, we're talking to Barry Livingston about... Uh, his movie Notorious Nick, and I just looked at the cast. Cody Christian's in it. Uh, Elizabeth Rom's in it. I love Kevin Pollock. Man, is yeah, who great? doesn't? That, that's the one consistent that everybody goes. I love Kevin Pollock, and, and <laughs> I do too. Um, you know, he, he is very funny. He's a great guy. Last time he was in town, he came in the studio, and he's sitting right uh-huh. next to me, and we're talking about this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden, Kevin Pollock. Bob, were you there that day when Kevin Pollock was in studio? I don't think so. You weren't there? Oh, he was in, actually in studio? Yeah, he was, sitting, wow. he was sitting basically where Tevin is right now, right oh, wow. to my right. And all of a sudden, Barry, just in the middle of the interview, he starts doing the best Peter Falk impression I have ever heard. Uh, he's Yeah, he's really good oh at impressions. Oh, my God, yeah. is he good at impressions. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that's, that's where he got his start, is on stage in comedy clubs doing impressions and yeah, I guess he's he didn't I didn't see him do any I didn't see him do a Barry Livingston impression, so I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> well, but, he, he told me he was working he, on maybe it. Maybe he's working on it. But yeah, he's he, he you know, he's one of those guys that can play drama, can play comedy, uh, do it on stage, do it in, in front of a camera. Uh, he's an exceptional performer, really really great. You know, I got to tell you you don't know this and it actually was no personal connection, but to me it was. I used to watch My Three Sons because you didn't have a mom, but I watched it because I didn't have a dad. So basically I was part of your family and you were part of mine, whether you knew it or not, Barry. Yeah. Well, you know, I I've heard that before that, that yeah. it was a you know, a, a surrogate family for you know, people who didn't have parents and I guess I I don't think I was the first TV character that was an orphan, uh, but nonetheless, it was on a very prominent, hugely successful TV show, and and uh, it, there was a, you know, a, a, strangely enough, it was news to me that I was even an orphan. I, I did a, an interview not too long ago, and they pulled up some some uh, tape from the uh, tape, some you know, a recorded episode, one of the very first ones, and it would it introduced my parents. I never even you know, whatever it was a year and a half later. I didn't know they were my 
my foster parents, they made no mention of it. Right. Until the script, until right. They, until they conveniently, like they had to replace one of the sons, Tim Considine, the original son who played Mike, was leaving the show. And, of course, the show is called My Three Sons, so what are we going to do now? And suddenly I became a, a foster child. And uh, these, these parents <laughs> of mine, you know, fleeing the country for criminal, you know, counterfeiting. I don't know what the story was because it's funny, you know, you, you get on a show and then they go, oh, by the way, a year and a half later, these aren't your real parents. You're, you know, you're, and, and the Douglas family is going to adopt you. So, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. And I was like, great, you know, whatever, however it goes, as long as I get paid, I'll, I'm there. Yeah, well, that's true. Barry, now in, in the movie, you play a, uh, a head uh, high school coach and an MMA trainer. Did you have to, do you know, I mean, have you ever trained in MMA or did you have to go through a, quite a rigmarole to learn all the things about being an MMA trainer? Um, you know, I, I again, I, it was just all new to me. Um, you know, so I went to um, watch some MMA fights, and, uh, and then I had a buddy of mine who's a teacher at a high school out here hooked me up with the wrestling coach. So, uh, you know, I could go out and, and sat in his class and, yeah, just to see how he interacted with, uh, I think there were some girls in that class, too, but it was primarily guys, and you know, very competitive, a whole lot of testosterone. You're trying to wrangle and keep the class organized. And uh, and it was very great, you know, for me to be able to, to see how he how he deals with his kids, you know, because, it, it's you know, you're, you're wrestling and it's competitive and it's very physical. People sometimes get hurt, you know, unintentionally or intentionally. And, and so all of that was really helpful for me as an actor to, uh, to see that and absorb it. And I a few of the lines that he would yell out at his kids uh, questions comments concerns you know that's what he would say to the kids just before they do whatever kind of move he was teaching them and I actually talked to the director and writers and I said yeah I'd like to use that in this movie because it was you know this was what the real guy would say was saying to the, the kids so yeah on that level it was really informative really really interesting and uh, and you know um, that's just my job as an actor to try to make it real to me, and hopefully it'll be real to the viewer. Do you, Barry? Do you think you deal with child actors differently because of your own experience and knowing what you went through as a child actor? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, there are child actors that I grew up with, obviously, and uh, you know, Ron Howard and Butch Patrick, who was Little Eddie Munster. Um, you know, um, Danny Bonaducci. You know, some of some have pursued careers in film and done quite well. Um, I say the majority of them didn't uh, for all kinds of reasons. But uh, yeah, you know, and I can have theories on why some of my my peers from back in the day didn't proceed in a way that was, you know, a whole new career open for them as an adult. Mm -hmm. And then I see kids today, and I they always ask me, you know, what what could I do? What should I do? And and the best thing you can say is just just prepare for a lot of rejection because it's going to be a head turner that when you're on a, today on a TV series as a kid today, you know, you're pampered, you're famous, you're treated very, you know, like like you're so special, and you are. But still, when it ends, you know, the phone doesn't ring anymore. Uh, you know, your your head is kind of put in a new space that you sometimes not prepared for in that, yeah. that area. Contains a lot of rejection, a lot of emotional concern, and of course you're a kid too, so you know you're trying to make sense of it all. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I I hesitate to tell anybody what, if they ask me, you know, should I should I do this? Should I? And I go, boy, you know, don't. I, I, if you're asking me, I'd probably say if you want a, a long, happy life and a career that you can count on, no, don't don't go for it because it's it's fraught with a lot of uncertainty and a, and a lot of emotional pain too. So, can we assume from the answer that you weren't pampered and didn't get all those extra benefits? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yes, you can assume. <laughs> <laughs> They're brutal. No, they they very wisely uh, knew I had to go back to public school when we weren't shooting. Some some kids back in the day, there was a place called the Hollywood Professional School, and you know that was where if you were a child actor on whatever series that was popular, it, it would sort of give you a place to go where you were 
getting edu- an education, but you weren't getting an education in real life. You were getting an education in class and academics. But my parents sent me back to public school, you know, and that was that was like going back to the big house, you know. I mean, I was just another another number in an inmate in in those places, uh, and it was uh, challenging, you know. I mean, when you're when you're on a television series like as popular as My Three Sons, uh, you know, 25 million people every week God, tuning in, and, and you're iconic, you know, you Ernie is an iconic character, and suddenly Ernie's sitting across from you in your drafting class or math, <laughs> and you go, kids, you know, some, a lot of kids reacted differently. Uh, some, some, you know, and it, I mean, I wasn't a big, you know, football player type guy anyway, so... You know, I, I had to learn how to fight or flight. Uh, flight was mainly my, my my option mostly, but very good lesson in life. And uh, so I have to thank my parents. That yes, they they prepared me well for uh, what was to be a new reality of whatever your life is going to be after your show goes off the air. Yeah, that makes complete sense, Barry. That's it. You know, one thing that's while you were talking about this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, rejection and this and that and the other thing, the current morning show that I'm on, I've been on for 36 years now. 36 years I've been on that show. Before getting that job, the longest I ever lasted at a radio station was nine months. So Uh if if you do keep getting fired, because I got fired from every job I ever had pretty much until I got this one, well, I mean, in the radio business anyway, but one thing I would say is don't ever, if you really, really want to do it, don't ever give up because eventually if, if you got the chops and all the rest of it, you'll get there. Just You can't give up. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, I, and I, I think that's the other thing. My parents, you know, were instrumental in, you know, whatever success I've had in, as an adult, you got to go back and go. Their advice was good advice, and that was if you want to do this, be as good as you can possibly be yep. because it's going to be hard enough not being famous and it's another kind of challenge to be famous for what you did when you're 10 years old and now you're you're 20 it's a whole whole different world so i went to new york i mean i i got advice from uh roddy mcdowell i don't know if the name is but roddy was great he was a great ape yeah great great and all the twilight zones but, but roddy, oh, yeah. you know was national velvet very famous sure, south star sure at MGM back in the day, and I, I did a TV movie with him called The Elevator back in the 70s. And, you know, I, I knew who he was, and I said, what did you do? How did you, you know, what did you do to break that, you know, that, that stereotyped, typecasting kind of world? And he said, well, I went to New York, and I, I studied acting in, in New York and took my craft seriously and started over. And, uh, you know, I was always in love with the theater anyway, so I went, mm, that sounds like a good plan to me. And I did go back to New York and lived there and worked on Broadway and did some stuff off Broadway and, and studied with some great teachers um, and took it serious, you know, and it was a gas. It was the best probably time of my life. <laughs> so even though I wasn't famous and, you know, on a gigantic popular television show, I, I was learning about life and, and, and having a great time. And that's, that's the best advice you can give anybody is is just get the education you you know and you need and develop your craft and be humble and keep at it and don't give up if you if you got talent you know you'll get an opportunity and that that usually makes you successful that's you know it's a tough one but you got to do it no if you got to do it you got to do it you know it's interesting <clears throat> matching up the 25 million 30 million people whatever it wants my three sons today on the talk shows at night uh what used to be the Johnny Carson show or you know the Tonight Show, or whatever the situation was, a big audience for those shows now is about 1.3 million people. Yeah, it's amazing. That the just numbers. shows you 25 to 30 yeah. million, and now 1.3 million. That's amazing. Yeah. No, you know, but I, I'm on a TV series. I don't know if you're familiar with Bosch, but Bosch. No, sure. Uh, oh, yeah, we love yeah. Bosch. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I have a recurring character on there. I'm going to play the medical examiner. Uh, and I heard that the very last episode of Bosch, because it's streaming so back in the day you'd have to wait you know it'd be on on thursday night at 9 p.m and then you go to the next week and so everything drops at once and they said that the final the final i don't they're very secretive about who how many people how many eyeballs are are watching or downloading streaming and i i was told that it was the third highest watched uh streaming channel 
programming, and it had 400 million people watched it. And I was like, wow, 400 <laughs> wow. million people have watched Bosch in its final season? That's, that's mind-boggling. Eek. But, you know, um, there you go. It, it's worldwide, and it's, you know, it's not like the Nielsen ratings, which that was the barometer of how successful your show was right. back in the day. Uh, and, and I think the, uh, the streaming channels, the, the how, powers that be, keep, keep that information kind of secret because I just don't think they want people, you know, the actors and producers and writers oh, to know God, yeah. how successful they really are. Uh, but Bosch is one of those really popular shows, and, uh, you know, it's great. Catherine and I watch it every week. There's no doubt about. Oh, I should I should ask you one question though, if you don't mind, and you don't have to reveal anything if you don't want to about Bosch, okay? But uh-huh. I got to ask you, Barry yeah. Livingston, does Bosch's daughter ever cheer up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's on a bummer. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> very much. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, well, you're living with. This. Harry and Harry's a pretty dour individual. That's true. Lost her mom. That's true. He so doesn't crack a lot of jokes. <laughs> not a lot of joking uh, around at the Bosch house. No, there's not. A, no, it's not. A, it's it's well, a lot of uh, Coltrane and moody music at home, and, 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 and <laughs> he's true. always in some grumpy mood because something is stuff has occurred that's bad. She's a great little actress, and uh, she is. Yeah. She, you know, she's gonna. There's a spin-off, you know, the, the actual original Bosch series uh, has come to an end, yep. and uh, there's a transition that's going to happen in Harry's life. I don't think I'm telling anything that's a top secret, but, you know, he leaves the LAPD and he becomes a private detective. And so, Ooh. but you know, she, she becomes part of the LAPD, and so there's a little bit of a flip in their, in their relationship. Uh, yeah, I just thought that's a cool... You know, it's a natural progression for a, a, an older homicide detective like Harry Bosch, and his career hits, you know, hits, hits the wall, and uh, he uh, has to transition into a new livelihood. And so, yeah, being a PI, I, they haven't got a name for it yet. I guess the obvious one is Bosch PI, but That'd they be probably good. be a little more creative than that. But I don't know. You know, we'll see what they actually call it. But I was very happy that. They brought my character back to be part of this new world of Harry Bosch. And when does that start, um, so, Barry? You know, they're just finishing up uh, shooting the final episodes now. I would, 2022, probably. It's weird. They do things like Ozark. I loved Ozark. I wanted yeah. to yeah. Like two years or something. And I was like, what's the hang up, guys? I mean, you know, I don't, I don't get why some things just languish in post production forever. So, Mike, to answer your question, I, I honestly don't know, but I, sometime in 2022, probably spring or something like that, maybe. I'm summer. looking forward um, to it. But, yeah, yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, Catherine and I have met Catherine is my lovely wife, and we've never missed an episode of Bosch. We just love it. We do. Oh, great, great. No doubt. Now, we got to talk a little bit, because I know you only got about five minutes left with us, because you're a busy man, but I want to talk to you more about Notorious Nick. Now, the this is a true story, correct? about Nick uh-huh. Newell. Yeah. Now, Cody Christian plays a character with just one arm, correct? Right. right. Does does he have both his arms? <laughs> well, you know, actors have to sacrifice their roles. So <laughs> <laughs> cut his arm off. Yeah. That's an actor. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, right. I'd get my right don't ever say, I'd get my right arm for that role. Go, okay, we'll step right over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy with an axe who will fulfill all your dreams. No, uh, they had they searched for a guy, you know, and it's a tough call. Right, people right. People understand, you know, there's a whole world out there that gets all you know nose out of joint because they didn't hire a person in this case with a disability. They searched, they tried to find a guy who was age appropriate, who had the athleticism that's required, and could act. Oh, and sure. They just could not find that that magic trio of. Of talents and uh, you know requirements. So anyway, Cody Christian, who's very popular, he was on Teen Wolf. He's on All American now. Has Mom. five million social media followers. Uh, they had to do the green sock on his arm and uh, digitally remove it, uh, and it looks great. I mean, it looks very believable. And you know, we're we're just trying to tell a story here and tell it. You know, with the, with the you know the amount of truth that you can add to it. You, obviously, you needed that. And uh, it's very compelling. You know, they did a great job, the special effects people, and sure. um, it's it's very believable. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it's 
one of those things that, you know, in the world of acting, CGI is uh, a good thing and a bad thing, I think. You know, in this case, it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's a little overdone. It looks like it, the movies come out both in streaming and it came out in theaters. So is that just as far as an actor goes in, in, I don't know, putting together your contract or putting together what you're doing, is that just led to a whole different world or whole different other issues you got to look at? Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's why you have an agent that hopefully understands all of those things. And uh, it's a new paradigm. You know, studios have forever wanted to do use that model to release a movie theater it and movie theaters and on streaming platforms at the same time. Why? Because they don't want to have to spend extra money to promote it twice. Right. You know, right. They, they've got all millions that are invested in a film. They go, let's just put that big publicity push out there, have it open in the theaters, and then at the same time have it app, you know, on Amazon or Netflix or whatever. Because then they get the, the added, you know, they get that double barrel blast of, of having the thing promoted and you can see it wherever but of course theater owners resisted that they, they just went oh that's the yeah. death of movie theaters right. people can see it for free nobody's going to go but it, it seems like it's kind of working out I mean I you know it was part of the pandemic and that was the only when theaters were actually closed and they had all this product to put out but now the things are opening back up again um, some movies are doing extremely well um, Venom, I think, is doing fantastic business. So, yeah, you know, and yeah. and it was also available on streaming. So at the same time, so that seems to be the new reality. Kind of sad though. The number one movie this week was Dune at fifteen point five million dollars. That's a low number for yeah. the number one. You got to go, that. Dune. Kind <laughs> 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 of negative. Wow. It's a pretty. It's pretty slim. One or two movies come out and bang, you know, do really well. Yeah, I'm sure they were hoping for 200 million, which right. pre-pandemic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that was not unusual. But a movie of that size and caliber that would come out and just slay at the box office, and yeah, you know, um, I'm sure that's a disappointment. I'm sure it is. You, I know you only have one more minute, so I got to ask you, as Nick's high school coach and an MMA trainer, do you ever say to him? Put him on the deck or don't come home. <laughs> well, you know, tough love has to be applied occasionally. Yes. Uh, and in the story, uh, yeah, Nick Newell had his, uh, you know, had his ups and downs emotionally. Clearly, you know, he, sure. he had a you know, tragedy occur to him or in his early days. But then he overcame in high school, which is where we met. And uh, But then after that, he was lost. You know, he really... Uh, and this is documented in the movie. He, you know, he had some issues with with alcohol and and what you do with your life. And he discovers MMA. And of course, nobody wanted to deal with him once he decided this is something I want to pursue. Which is why he comes back to, to me, which was his high school coach, and he asks, "Can you help me? I want to do this in MMA." And I pretty much say, I don't know shit about the MMA. That's the technical term. Technical term. Yeah, I guess we could, yeah, that's slipped. I guess that's okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, but it's nonetheless, that was, that, that was the truth. And uh, so together, Jeremy and, and Nick, you know, fought all the obstacles, all of the boards, you know, all of the fighters that didn't want to fight a guy who had one arm because they go, well, if I, if I beat him, then I beat up a one-armed guy. But if he beats me, then I got beat up by a one-armed guy. <laughs> I can't so win. Nothing good about that. So uh, they fought through all of those, you know, stigmas and eventually got a shot at the title. And, and um, you know, we got to see the movie how it, to see how it turns out, I guess. We'll get it done. Barry, when you first jumped on, I was not uh, making it up as, as I was going along. I've been a fan of yours since we were both about 10 no, oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, That's true. Great. Come, come back soon, Barry. I appreciate your time today, sir. Okay. Hey, great talking to you guys. And, uh, yep, Notorious Nick, go out and find it. I think Amazon, DirecTV, I don't know. You know, it's, it's out. Google it. You'll find it somewhere. We'll take care of it. Barry Livingston. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. We'll be back with the family. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? 
I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Barry Livingston, ladies and gentlemen, Notorious Nick is the name of the movie. It's available everywhere. Hell of a nice guy. You know, he is a... As an, I've never spoken to him in my entire career. You would have thought I would really? talk to him. Never. Yeah, Chip, you've the... never spoken to anybody from that show? Have you Chip ever? from, it was My Three Sons? Yeah, the only my time I ever did, I remember <laughs> I was on the air at KSTP and Fred McMurray called and said, do you have any booze in there? <laughs> Fred was like, well, let me tell you something, <laughs> you son of a... My Three Sons, my ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had to hold up shooting because he'd be hammered sometimes. Well, really? Yeah, they, he would, oh, yeah. He would show up sober for a day and they would do all of his shots so if you watch my three sons it, you see two different cameras and they had a stand-in that would act like the dad and they would shoot his whole you know anytime they had a shot there was he was I he's so why I thought he was a lot like my father now i know why i related that is a little harsh right there, is all I have to say. <coughs> what time is it? Barry Livingston. I got a bone him. to pick with you. It's drinking time someplace in America. It's so weird thinking about your dad being like an angry drunk man. Yeah, because you, yeah, <laughs> you never saw like, him yeah, that way. He's been sober my whole... Oh, and I guess when I was growing up, he was a hundred times better than when my... Brothers oh, the boys. were small. Oh, I guess the two they older boys were like, tell me. Oh. He's, so, he's like the most mild-mannered old man <laughs> yes. ever. Yes. Really I know. Is. Everybody that sees him and meets with him, it's like, oh, my God, he's just so delightful. And I'm like, give him a drink. It's like, it's very delightful. Well, and I think, when did this happen? I think about that, too, with, like, my kids. Because with you, Dad, it's like they'll never see you drink. And they'll, they're... No. You're not going to be overweight, <laughs> and it's like my whole childhood is like a so different going to dad. Michael Bryant, be yeah, he'll, he'll be drinking. He's drinking. They were so cute yesterday in their costumes. Oh, they I know, were I really, know. really cute. Yeah. They, that, that, those costumes were really, really cute. Cool. Like, so oh my cute. god, the wig. <laughs> the wig. The wig yeah. was the best. I was like, my bad child wig. You got to show Tevin the wig and Bob the wig. They haven't seen it. Yeah. 
It's about see. a one foot tall little girl with about a five foot wig. I know. She's got like a She had like a half fro. That's true. What, like, what, who did she go as? She was Merida from Brave. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> The ginger. Oh, look at that wig. She had her little bow and arrow and everything. She did. She had a bow and arrow. Yeah. You had one of yours wandering around downtown Minneapolis like what? she was Cowboy Jane. <laughs> My daughter Sam is Miss Minnesota Rodeo, so oh. I she is walking. Yeah, she's going to Las Vegas on uh, the end of the end of November for the Miss. Rodeo. America. She got all dressed up for for a CCO interview, she yeah, interview and yeah. she did a radio gig in the morning, and um, right. and so she walked from the one to the other, and she was surprised that people stopped her and went, "Well, what's going on here, there, Missy?" Yeah. <laughs> surprised that she didn't get shot. Yeah. yeah I was gonna say. Uh, like, why is she walking around Minneapolis? Like white rodeo dress, right. yeah. wandering around. That promo they run for her over there at, uh, at her station is fantastic. I haven't heard this. Hillary Clinton's terrible, and Meghan Markin's terrible, so they might even get together and be terrible together. Wow. <laughs> 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 That's very, very funny. Jeez. She's good on that. She's really good, Bob. Who did she learn that from? <laughs> Mary? <laughs> <laughs> she's always the mother. No, she, does a, she does a very good job. She does. There's no doubt about it. Got to work with Uncle Tommy someday, probably. Well, she she was started out doing uh, board work for you and for, for t- well, a couple she, other she podcasts. For, yeah, she, yeah. Did, yeah, she did Ron. Yeah, she yeah. worked and for us for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and she uh, one thing, okay. Let me ask you this: It drives me nuts because we have a lot of kids at the farm. I hate when she calls me Bob. No, I'm not answering no. to that. No, no, I'm not doing. No. I would never call you Tom. Yeah. Hey Tom, what are you yeah. doing? Like my friends and I talk, call my mom Kath because they think they're so funny. Because we think we're hilarious. Yeah. I, I remember going to get down on the yeah. Kath. I remember one time. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, I remember yeah, one, one time my brother trying Harold didn't go over big. Yeah, yeah I would never no. be like Tom. Harold was not somebody you called Harold. Well, actually, mm-hmm. I refer to you, about you, I say Tommy to my friends. Like, Tommy. No, I listen to what Tommy yeah. says. Tommy boy. Somebody asked me, like, what my mom's name is. Her name is Mom. Like, yeah, what yeah. Like, yeah. Your my mom. 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 Her yeah, name exactly. is Mom. Well, I did. I, I, I made up a nickname for my dad that he didn't like, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, Fawn will call Dan Dan. <laughs> Oh really? Like she'll be like making fun uh, of him though. When like, she'll real be, like, little, yeah, she'll just yeah. be like, "Okay, Dan." <laughs> when they're real little, they try that just to kind of push boundaries, you know. Yeah, I know. And I always, I always like. That's when she needs a fresh. Don't one. do that. Yeah, a fresh one. A fresh one. I don't know. That stuff is all. Yeah, Tom, call it. No, you can't call you Bob. I won't answer to it. Yeah, I blame you. Because because they have when you you know about the farm, they have camps and they have things. Yeah, it's easier for Sam to yell out Mary, except Mom would work too. Mm-hmm. Mom, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. Sometimes I'll call. For you and I'm like mom, mom, mom. Like at the we were at the beach, and then I went Catherine Brandt, and then you turned around. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's so for probably, there's so five billion children. Yeah, yeah. Right. so mom, it's like yeah. cool. You guys, I get that. You guys but were in Florida this weekend, so how is Sly doing? Yeah, how is how Sly yeah. alone doing? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is hanging out with Sylvester Stallone. No, he though. walked by oh, me. No, he walked by me once. You're selling yourself short. And he's, <laughs> you guys. He's only 50 years older than you. He walked what? by me one time. And six inches shorter. And then, <laughs> well, no, oh he was, my God. I thought he was shorter sitting at the table next to you. No, he just oh, walked by shared, me. You shared an appetizer. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys went out to dinner. We shared for those fishbowl <laughs> rum <Drink>. cocktails. <laughs> oh, where's the lobster roll? You're supposed to bring back lobster rolls. Yeah, I don't think they travel. I don't think they travel. No, not if you want one. Then they need three. Did he say, "Yo, Alex"? We did have this overly zealous bartender. Oh my god! You did? Oh my god! I walked up and I'm like, two rum runners with floaters, please." He's like, "Um, 
uh, iced or uh, iced or on the rock. Or wait, what's Blended. that? Frozen, Blended frozen, or frozen or on yeah. the rocks. And I'm like on the rocks. He goes, okay, so we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like glug 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 with the rum. Wow. The rum was. They I mean, very I'm carrying him around, and people are going, "Those look strong." Because well, rum are supposed to be like pink, and right. these were like brownish pink. <laughs> 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 I think, he put, I think yeah. he put every kind of rum that there and is there was, in America. Yeah. In the, and then in there's the, drink. A, the floaters, like a beaker thing full of rum in yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, half mine got spilled on the beach, which I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Like, Seriously, like three so sips, strong. and I'm like, I got to eat something. <laughs> this <laughs> is so strong. Well, all of a she's like in the ocean, and the kids are like, Nana, come here. And she's like, this feels great. <laughs> <laughs> she said half of this That drink. was day before. <laughs> no, I didn't was go the in the ocean. Day. Yeah, you did. No, I did on second on the second day. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. No, it was not. It was not swimming induced. You guys need GoPro cams. With you. <laughs> really, really yes, you do. I, I took a picture of your little sandal drink setup, and you were in the ocean. <laughs> Don't bring up a reality show. Oh, wow. Right, no, we had a reality show. So A&E parents and drinking and the effect on kids. Can we go back to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No she, put, she put this together and she's like, take a picture oh, of this. Oh, wow. What is it? It's a little, it's her little her drink. cocktail her, in the Marseilles on the beach. Oh, my oh. God. The kids, had, the, well, the kids were in the pool from like 9 a.m. Oh to God. 5 p.m. And we had to drag really? Fawn out. Nice. Yep. Which Drag pool? her out. Which she, pool? Down at the breakers. Yeah, but which one? There's like oh, the kids one. The kids, kids one. The kids one. Like yeah. The kids one. Which one's the kids one? It's the, the middle one. Is the middle one? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's great. They it got a its... lot of pools there. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, they do have a lot of. They have the right. zero my... entry, so the kids can oh, like, right. you know, the little little ones can splash pool. around, and then most oh, of it's three God. feet, so it's really oh, good for little kids. They're so mm-hmm. cute. This is her going to the pool. They're oh, so she's all dressed up and ready. She's got like that. sunglasses, a cardigan with just the top button. <laughs> <laughs> she's a whole bag headband. She's like got a pool noodle. Everywhere we went, people were looking at her and going, "Is this is?" this a costume? No, this is just no. her look. Oh, yeah, at the airport yesterday, they were like, this oh, what's her... she dressed up as? I was like, this is just her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wears every day. I, yeah, I was like, what? Does she have any shoes that don't sparkle? I don't know. So. Oh, no, now she has She has these the boots she was wearing last night. Oh, I saw oh, that. The, the, the tongue is the fawn on the top. So, yeah, very cute. You weren't here before, but when on Saturday, there was a whole bunch of parents dressed up with their kids in Excelsior. We went over to oh, the okay, yeah. restaurant there, and there's this guy sitting near us who's wearing Zubas, a uh, gopher uh, top, and a twins hat. And I look at the guy, and I like, turned to your dad, and I said, I said, do you know what he's going as? And he looks at me and goes, what, me 20 years ago? And it was really good that he Truly, got what yeah. I was talking about. Exactly. Well, the Zubas are a dead giveaway. Well, his only yeah. response was, I can't grow a beard. So. I can't grow The guy had a full beard, and I can't I grow I finally a beard, had so. to start like removing the Zubas. Why? He had worn, the, he had worn them so much that they were him. like pills. So you replace and, them. You don't and threadbare. And threadbare. through spots. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're not transparent. We're not going Hawk around like that animal. anymore. I'm supporting my friend. I'm like, people I, are going to start blaming me for this. Well, yeah. I came walking down to the bed and breakfast in, in Newport, and the woman was like, oh, what are those? She just, like, freaked out. It's like, they're Zubas. <laughs> they were out of place in Newport. You so. know that I actually yeah. used to wear those at Golden Valley Country? Well, I bet you did. I <laughs> can't believe they uh, went me on the golf the course wearing The pink and black Zubas. zebra ones, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, Yeah, baby. God. Yeah, black no. ones, blue ones. Mom and I, a couple years ago, were talking about paying somebody to walk by you on the street and ask you if you needed help. If you were homeless. <laughs> you that is the meanest intervention I've ever heard. You don't dress like that anymore. But it was like I was like wow. four years ago because you would wear these pants that were just like saggy yeah. everywhere and Been shirts that were too Been big for you. Well, and I was was just it your like, birthday present? Man, I must have. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I we was, were like, was like 15 years ago at least. Sir, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Are you okay? Do <laughs> you need to help somewhere? Do you need my phone? I, I take back everything. Do you have a house? <laughs> I don't want to say sure? where we ex- were last night, but I'd like to point something out, this? okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say don't say where we were, because I like these people and whatever. But we ran into a bunch of people mm-hmm. yesterday, a bunch of friends and all the rest of it. 
And Catherine's like, oh, God, you know, that's so amazing. That's, I didn't realize that this neighborhood had so many older people in it. I said, they're all younger than me. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, you know. No. I know that I look youthful. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. You've good work. I wouldn't say that they're younger than you. I know some of them are younger all than you, but are. not all. No. Name one who isn't. Not I by can't. name. The first no. one. You mean to the your left? One. Or if you're looking at your host to your right. They'll be able to figure it out if they're listening. Yeah, now we're, yeah. Yeah, now we're getting two years right. specific. Specific. No, no, not him. Oldest to young. He's a great guy. Your neighbors are really nice We have people. wonderful, wonderful neighbors. We have really wonderful We're actually kind too. of sad because they are, they're, some of them are getting to be older. No, they're not. <laughs> There's one that he can't, he can't, he can't walk without a walker anymore. See, that's why I thought they stuff. were older. And, yeah. Walkers and yeah. things, yeah. And so, and then one, she broke her hip because she fell and then another one there's dog, like a, there's a lot of you live in a retirement yeah. community we're the only people in our neighborhood that are the second owners of our house everybody else it's original owners oh, wow. the whole neighborhood was That's built amazing. up in the mid 80s and so we're the yeah, second never, owners of our the, house and none of those stayed. people are ever going to find cheaper housing than what they're living in right exactly. now exactly oh, yeah. it's been no. paid off for Wherever. 20 wow. years and all nice. they there's going to be a insurance. turnover in the next five, ten years because they're going to get to the point where it's like, I don't yeah. want to take care of because everybody has a really big yard. And they're young. Stuff. They'll <laughs> be there for at least <laughs> 24 years. Well, it's like you two. You were like, we don't want to take care of a whole house in a year. We are nobody. Me. You. <laughs> you. Yeah. I'm glad we did. So, we but did. we're like, we kind of, it'd be nice to have like more kids in the neighborhood and stuff because we don't really have, we have one house with kids. And or two, but at the same time, it's like, but what if they suck? Because <laughs> you're gonna go walking through your neighborhood out with the old, in with the new. No, we're like, we love our older neighbors, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, when they do move, well, there were be quite sad. a few trick or treaters. Where they where did they come from? Not our neighborhood. Ah, okay. did you have trick or treaters last night? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we, yeah had, had we had about fifty something. We didn't have any. 50? You, probably don't, you probably don't get any at your. Okay. No, on the yeah. on the no on the freeway. <laughs> we lived in Orono for eighteen years, and now in Buffalo for like the last eleven. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I might be able to count how many kids have come because we're not desirable. You have to really come yeah. to the property, get out, and then drive away. It's not a neighborhood at all. Yeah, that's so how we, we were. I always dating. buy it, but we had a Halloween party. Sam did. What do you uh, buy? Saturday, there were a ton of kids that came. What do you buy? What's that? What do you buy? I like to buy the bigger one. First of all, now they're not even minis. They become pill sized. Mm. Yeah, like the Snickers? It's like this one bite. It's so mm. sad. This is oh, yeah. huge by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys had a whole bowl of Snickers when I was over there the other day, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. You do the full size, right? No. no. We don't have any trick-or-treaters. No, they all told us in the neighborhood. They're like, don't bother buying candy. We don't get anybody here. Oh, they don't come in. Huh. And they always come to our house for Halloween anyway because they want to go trick-or-treating with the kids. With oh, the kids. Okay. Yeah. i got to point some out because we only got a couple minutes left in this uh, segment here. But <clears throat> this morning, I jump on the Star Tribune website because I go to the Pioneer Press, Star Tribune. I go. I listen to the New York Times. Deal, right? Right. What was it? Denny Green. Yeah, Denny Green. Yeah. Green. Yeah. I read the trip, the New York yeah. Times. I don't no, pay any a, attention to KQ. I need to point this out is I did not watch the Biking game last night. Uh, right? Oh, yeah. Lucky you. Know. There late. It is the, and I'm not making this up, Bob, you're in the newspaper business. The story about the Vikings' loss is the 17th story down on the Star Tribune. Nobody wants to hear about it. They don't want to hear about it. Why? By Friday, they're going to be going nuts to hear about the Ravens. Yeah. Oh, the Ravens are going to kill You know what the Ravens should do? Start their backup quarterback. They can't beat any backup quarterback, Bob. What the hell? I 17th. When I was a kid, well, that was in my 20s, I guess. Well, no, I was a teenager. And in my 20s, if the Vikings won, lost, whatever, it was the number, number one, one story, story man, but yeah. easily every Monday. Yeah. 17th. They well, don't want to live it the day after. That I don't think they care about this game, game anywhere near. That was yeah. terrible. Yeah, I horrible think it's just game. more of a fed up with the whole. Yes. Yeah. So what's the number one story in the trip? 
Number one story in the trib is Michael Bryant under charge. Wins Court of Appeal. Leaders air doomsday warning to kickstart climate talks. No. It's the Star Tribune. What do you think was going to be in there? I don't they have know. to get on their knees for somebody. Jeez. <laughs> 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 well, they do. Wow. I will tell you, and this is a true story, and I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I was home alone because Catherine and Alex. Yes, get back you were home like alone. Yeah. But not yeah, talking about yesterday. Yeah. Sad, sad, sad. I watched true story. I watched seven TV shows and five movies, and the longest I lasted on any of the twelve was twenty minutes. Which one? Uh, what do you got? I oh. watched it. I'm literally, honest to God. Hollywood is on their knees kissing political ass to the point it's unbearable mm-hmm. to watch. This is hmm. true. We started watching like that for a long oh, time. So we just start unbearable. watching Made. Made. That, I heard that's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, it is yeah. really good. We're I think we watched like three episodes, four episodes, and we like yeah. it. Yeah. And so we also started watching In the Dark. Uba Dabi. We only watched the first episode, and it seems like it could be it's, good. It, like, I don't know. I think you guys would like it. It just wasn't. I don't know. No. It's not believable for me. Like, this blind girl is running around solving crimes and running through the woods. and it's Daredevil. She's running through the, the woods? It's Daredevil. Yeah, but that's like a superhero one. This when is like she... a normal girl. <laughs> hmm. When did she start running through the woods? There was no woods running. Like later. We're in the first episode. There's no woods running. Oh, so you watched it for a while. Yeah, I had. Yeah. Okay. I, my girl likes to you watch it. Your girl. My girl <laughs> likes to watch it. I've only I've ever seen one. Trent has Twitter. It's the dog. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Trent's the dog. Trent's a huge fan of In the Dark. He's now referred to him as his girl. Makes me sound less lonely when I The woman has no sight. You want to do a tree? No. You're talking about his girl. Right. She probably has no sight. That's why she hangs out with me. Um, no, she's like is blind, and her friend gets killed in like the first episode. It was a drug dealer. Is this the girl dealer. you hang out with? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Is... And then like she's like trying to solve his murder. Is this and stuff Netflix? Like that. It's on Netflix. You know what's going to happen? It's a CW show. If, if your girl, your girlfriend, mm-hmm. was having sight issues, she's going to say, "Tevin, I, I heard the show today, and <laughs> I didn't know you were colored." <laughs> <laughs> That's two colors today, baby. For sure. I might be in jail. <laughs> this is all because of Bernard. Yeah. I know it is. Number one story on trip tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Sandy, are you going to stay for the second part? Or are you uh, if go? you want me to. Oh, I'd love to have you. Sandy, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Though, when I'm, you, know, yeah, you sound fine. I get a quick poll. I got to run by everybody. If you go pick somebody up, say you're picking them up for an oil change, would you just drive up or would you go inside and go looking for them? How many of you would go inside and look for them? An oil change? Yeah, you're just picking somebody. Somebody's getting their car, getting their oil change. You're going to pick them up and go to lunch. Yeah, you just show up. He's like wandering around looking for me. It's like, where are you? I'm outside waiting for a car. I'm not... Well, you saw me pull up then. I didn't know. It was on you. People of a certain age just do certain (laughs) things. You know, the younger people. My dad says I can't go unless you come in the house and check in with him. All right, all you shut up. (laughs) No question. I want to... In part one, Bob, I'm, having you and Gelfand back on is phenomenal. It's great. Gelfand's on the podcast. You're on the morning show. It's a lot of fun for me. I really yeah. miss you. I yeah. miss working with you guys. And even though I begged them to fire both of you, <laughs> I don't know. Anytime somebody been... leaves KQ, I fired. Yeah. I've never fired anyone in my life. But you have to promise me. You will fire me. Bring me like when, like I told six. you last week. Billy Bring Martin. Bring me back for a day. <laughs> I get six firings. You've got to get, you've been five times a day fired. It again. will be five because there's got to be another firing. Well, that's there will be another firing. You've got to get fired six times. I, every, every time somebody leaves KQ, I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, I know. Because on social oh, media, son just. Of a bitch. <laughs> I don't work there. I'm a partner with them. I don't even work for them. I don't know if anyone's gotten as used to it as I have. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. If you think I'm dumb enough to hire some of the people that have been on that goddamn show, okay, is all I got to say to you people. I wish you... Bob's response would have been, "Who's this Gelfan guy?" Who Gelfan? <laughs> yeah. Sounds kind of familiar, but I don't know from where. Oh, geez, we gotta get going here. We'll we'll be back with our two Sandys with us. I almost said it, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do the third time. We met our quota. We met our quota. I'm not doing it. Already. We'll be back. <laughs>